0: It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started. Yo, be a father. If not why bother son. A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father
1: to your child. Be a father to your child. This is KGB. What
2: up, it's DJ EFN.
1: Yo, what's up? This is
0: Manny Digital. Welcome to the Fatherhoods podcast. (laughs) Fucking guy, bro.
1: (laughs) But it blends in well with the uh, sound effects. uh, The works.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we call it layer. We layer around here. Yo, I'll be doing them overdub, You know Tupac style. (laughs) Turn
2: my mic up. Turn my mic up. Yo, my levels is
0: good. My levels is good. Yo, this um last week I took my daughter to her first ever street ball tournament. So, well, you guys may not be all up on it, but like that's what New York is known for. There's a lot of street ball that comes out of here, and we went to um to the Dykeman League, which is probably the better or the probably the best one of the the street ball leagues right now. And so it was actually my first time at the Dykeman League, and I decided to take her because why not? and um so we're sitting there in the bleachers we get there early we watching like the the first game that's going on and then i start to see um people like pull out their their l's their blunts right just you know spark up or roll up or whatever and i start i point to i point them out to her i'm like yo you see what that guy's doing over there you see that dude over there she's like yeah what is that and i was like yo that's that's marijuana that's that's weed and she was like huh and right there, I kind of felt good for
1: a second. Oh, So she, so she didn't even know what it, or at least you think she doesn't <laughs> Right.
0: Right. So that's kind of what I thought. I was like, shit, is she, is she really playing stupid right now and winning me over? Or does she really not know? I went with that she really didn't know. Because I think she would have been like, no, I've, I've heard about it or I've seen it. Because she likes to like try to trump or one-up me. So so I explain to her what it is. I tell her, yeah, you know, that's, that's a drug. And she's like, <laughs> freaked. She's like, oh, my God, they're doing drugs? What? <laughs> and I'm like, yo, just relax. This is, It's common here. I was like, yo, we're in the hood. Things like this are very common in the hood. And she kind of calmed down a little bit. And I was like, yo, just chill. You're going to start to smell something that's weird. Don't pay don't no mind. It's, it's not going to do anything to you. Just chill. So, I don't know, maybe 30, 40 minutes in, the place is packed. And this is, again, this is outdoors. So... You know everybody's lighting up every- like and now pretty much in our entire circumference there's somebody and it's smoking legal
1: smoke now right weed. in New York I don't know bro i don't think I think in Jersey it might be recreational is is legal or it's a like, misdemeanor, I think. I think, and so the cops really don't fuck with it that much. it's medical definitely
0: yeah medical is yeah, cool but
1: but they make it but i but I believe they make it pretty difficult to to get as in like in California when before it was recreational. I mean, you could, you could, they had all kinds of like doctors set up that you could just call and they just give you the prescription right away. Whereas in New York, I think they make you, I was reading about that, they make you jump through a lot of, a lot of hoops. Remember my, my, my people that you guys met, that's the cop out there. Okay. Mm. She
2: said that, I mean, she, I think she, what she said is that it's, it's a misdemeanor, but the cops now, you know, the, it's so lax that if they see someone smoking, you know, unless it's like around kids or something, they really don't, right. Make too tough. Wow.
0: Well. There was definitely lax that night. <clears throat> so it gets it gets hot and heavy. Everybody's smoking around us. So now the the clouds are like forming and the smell is like ever present. Like you can't breathe regular air anymore. So at that point, I'm like, all right, it's probably time we get out of here before somebody catches the contact. And then we, we head out and she's like, like de-stressing. Like she was real cool and calm the whole time. And the games were great. But as we're walking to the car, she's like, oh, my God, I stink. Oh, I got to go take a bath. I can't believe we were around all these drugs and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, "Yo, oh, relax. <laughs> Cause, and, and uh, you know, I get it. Like, this is her first real experience around anything even remotely close to drugs. But I looked at it as a positive at the end of the day because I was like, yo, this is not something that she's not going to encounter. This is going to come at her some way, shape, or form. I'd rather it be in, a, in an environment that I can control how that experience unfolds for her versus her just with her friends bullshitting around and then her panic in some other atmosphere.
1: Does she have friends that, um, well, she's 13 now? She's 12. 12. Okay. Does she have, do they have parties? Like do her friend, I I don't know what you would call them, but I mean, for the lack of a better term, parties. Has she ever said that she's got friends or she's seen people do stuff when there's a Group that gets together?
0: Nah, she's never mentioned any like. I mean, she she's the type that would tell us, you know, something foreign yeah. or strange would pop up. She would mention it, but th- there haven't been parties. Nah, not re- like Yo, casual birthday parties is probably. You guys
2: t- still haven't watched Euphoria, right? No, nah, bro. Yo, you come on, bro. I'm telling you that this is, <laughs> for everything we talk about, this show covers it practically. <laughs> to obviously to like it's like the extreme
1: give me your hbo go code
2: (laughs) (laughs) but but listen this actually this is based on what you're talking about manny one thing that i that i think we should think about or like i want to ponder with you guys is you know when we were because i remember as young as maybe sixth grade seventh grade fifth grade even you know the trying cigarettes uh people smoking weed around me maybe you know, uh, even I even remember seeing people smoke crack around me wow. at, at a point or crack being around at some point, um, as, as young as that, I think that we, and I might be wrong, but this is just what I think. I think that the, that the, the young generation now in terms of drug use has strayed away from the overtly, like those drugs that are just obvious, like weed, it smells like weed, looks like weed, smoke weed, crack, you know, uh, cocaine, you sniff, uh, Uh, with needles with fucking heroin you know all that all that overtly that's drugs that's drug addiction that's what drugs is and i feel that we've gone into the era now of this harmless thing that looks like a pill Mm. you know and and it's because that's we are in the era of pill popping you know and and, or grabbing your parents or your parents you know prescription hey they take it you know it's legal and they don't even see that maybe you know in their immature mind in the beginning they don't think of it as something so easy illegal or so much of as a drug. Um, I mean, I mean, I might be wrong. I'm just, this is something that I'm wondering, you know, we should discuss, but I think that that's, that's what it is. Cause even like my, my God kids or other or, or their, uh, siblings or other cousins or whatever. Like I just, I don't, I don't ever see them. And there's, um, Paul's step stepkid like, mm-hmm. you know, they don't talk about like, like wanting to smoke weed or, or anything like that, like, and I just remember for when I was in high school, like everybody was fucking smoking weed. I didn't smoke, but everybody was smoking. I smoked yeah. right out of high school a little bit, but so I just think it's a new era, man, where it's like the pill thing, and it's not obvious. You know, you don't smell like anything. You're not looking crazy with a needle in your arm. Yeah, you're just popping a pill.
0: That's actually That's a really good point. Like I, didn't, I didn't think about that shit, but it's probably more common. Now back to what you were saying, Kay. Like again, when we were growing up. It was overtly obvious, right, what, what was happening. It could very well be that some of her friends are popping pills or, I don't know, sipping lean, if that's still a thing. Right, and, I'm sure, yeah. They and just she changed the name of it. And she'd not be the wiser. Like, they might right. just have some random name for the shit that doesn't sound like it's it's harmful. So it could be. Not, that's a, I'm going to ask her some shit. Yeah,
2: y'all heard... I don't know if this was real. I read an article a while back. I don't know if this shit is real. It might be a fucking a spoof or some shit. But did you guys hear about them kids in high school that were, you know, guys equally as girls, were uh, shoving tampons with alcohol up their asshole? What? <laughs> <laughs> Yo! This shit just went sideways, man. <laughs> no, nah, for, for real, you never heard about this? No. Nah. Okay, again, we'd have to research this to, to verify if this was just some dumb shit I read that was bullshit, like fake news, but... um, And I think I read more than one article that supposedly... The workaround for kids to not have to not look not okay not smell drunk, mm-hmm. not have alcohol in their in in their breath, was to put a tampon that was you know dipped in alcohol, in their in their ass, and because of the 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 blood vessels or whatever it would absorb quicker into the bloodstream, and they would be drunk, in school. Yeah. Uh... I don't know. <laughs> we we need we need our we need our own hazardous sounds. The Google, yeah, Google.
0: yeah, Google that
2: shit. <laughs> Let me see. I'm gonna look it up. I
0: <laughs> shit. vodka tampons is something that popped up.
2: Oh, you fuck. Okay, there you go.
0: And it's like in a recovery. I, I'm not gonna read this shit right now, but it's recoveryfirst.org talks about it. So I guess that it, there's an addiction attached to this somewhere. Wow. So
2: so again, this is going back to the, the other thing that I'm saying that. As parents, we got to start to uh, understand the evolution of drug use. And, you know, it might be, you know, like your daughter might be like, oh, that marijuana, I don't know anything about that. Oh, I smell like it. But then maybe in, in some other way, they're being put onto drugs without even realizing it's something bad or or it's drug use in that manner. Like it's just, it's it's a remix of it, you know? Oh, yeah. It's, it's I'm sure there's, I'm
1: sure there's po- <laughs> well, there is popular drugs among, you know, kids like the vaping that, that, shit. that we're not going to understand. Like- like vaping be- is
2: becoming popular amongst kids no, just because it doesn't popular. it doesn't look like cigarettes or smell like cigarettes anymore.
1: And that, that's
0: actually something that they they talk about a lot in her school. Like this kids in her school doing you know, vaping all day long. And They yeah, catch them right. all the time. Like it's a big, big thing now. And well, opioids, me... opioids, are crazy out here too.
1: Let me ask you this, Manny: Were you uncomfortable? having people smoking around your daughter?
0: I was. I was, but I felt, it it was really weird. I was very conflicted the whole time because I knew the environment I was going to bring her into. I knew we were going to experience something like that. And Um, he
2: got paranoid, you know, when he took the hit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, so I, you know, I was like, damn, like, should I even bother doing this? Should I, you know, shield her from it? But after a while, I was like, "Yo, it like I said at the beginning, she's gonna be exposed to this some way, somehow. So if I can like at least draw her attention to it, what it is, why people do it, and have her be a little bit familiar with it, not in the not for her to go out and do it, but for her to be aware of what it is and not be freaked, because in an environment where she's raised, every little thing that's you know, quote unquote illegal." makes her nuts like she goes fucking ape shit because she thinks it's like the devil and i'm I'm trying to ease her into you know the world is full of illegalities like i'd say the majority of things are quote-unquote illegal doesn't necessarily make them all bad so i'm trying to explain to her the different degrees of all this type of shit and this happened to be one of those things where i was like you know what fuck it but i was i was uncomfortable so when i left i was like okay this is too much now now we gotta go. At the end of you know the, the second game, I was like, "All right, right. let's let's get out of here because I I don't want this shit to balloon into some other shit."
1: It'd probably be the same if everyone was drinking and it got to a certain point where people started getting
0: rowdy, well,
1: you know, rowdy, and then it's like, "All right, it's time to go." Because right. now, I mean, for me, it's the the main confliction is like I don't I don't really think of herb as any any worse than alcohol, and right, you know, people sure. sip in front of kid their kids all the time. I don't. um, I think it's just the 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 smoke factor, just total total health factor of um, whether it's cigarettes or or cigar, whatever. Is just yeah. I'd rather have my kid in a smoke free environment.
0: Yeah, agreed. The smoking more than anything. You know, the actual blowing of smoke was more concern than anything. and that's the same. Like if I knew they were gonna be snorting lines of cocaine, I wouldn't have taken her there right to me and similarly to you guys like weed to me is is not like harmful even though I don't do it I don't look at it like oh my god you're going to fucking kill yourself i i have a little bit more respect for people who do that than you know other shit that's out there what would you do if
1: you if you you're whoa, drinking a
2: fucking <laughs>
0: beer <laughs> yeah i'm having a i'm having a modelo negra thank no. you very much
2: I'm the drink champ, but you're the only one ever
1: drinking on this show. <laughs> so what'd you do if um how would you feel if you if uh your daughter started smoking? wheat?
0: Ah, I knew that was coming.
1: Um how would I feel? And, I, and, I, and I'm only using you as the example cuz you have the oldest out of all of us.
2: Yeah. Yeah, cuz it'd be really fucked up if my daughter started smoking. Weed. <laughs>
1: Not that it wouldn't be fucked up for you, but it'd be extra fucked up for me. She's doing the she's doing the gummy bears instead. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, that's, that's kind of one of my conflicts. Cause like I mentioned to you guys, I, I smoke cigars and I, right, ha- we had a I yeah, yeah. and I, and I, re- I hesitate. I still do. I find myself hesitating a lot to do it when I know they're going to be around and for no other reason than showing them, I guess that it's okay to smoke. I don't necessarily want them to have that, that thought or, or visual, look at the it. Visual, the right. Yeah, because if you see your dad doing it or your mom, it becomes normal to you. And then I guess it's something that you might be interested in doing yourself. So if she came home or I found her smoking weed, I think my my first – I'd be really disappointed. Um, I think that's my first reaction. I wouldn't come down on her crazy, though, because I feel like it would just make things worse, like probably push her further into some other shit. Uh, But I would be very disappointed and I'd probably just be asking her a whole bunch of questions. That's my politically correct answer.
1: (laughs) So what what about, like, I guess, let's let's equate it to legal drinking age. So 21, let's say she's, fast forward, you know, she's 21, she can legally drink. Would you mind her legally smoking as well? Mm. I mean... I would, I would mind.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know... I can't give you a really good answer, other than I think the, the socialization, uh, the acceptance of drinking versus smoking, uh, generally speaking, like there's right. more there's more negative press, I guess, against smoking than there is alcohol. Even though you could argue they're both fucking terrible, um, but I would I would definitely ha- take more issue with smoking. But again, like, and that's my that's my beef with myself. It's like, but I'm smoking cigars, and they know I smoke cigars, so. Not that I expect them to smoke cigars, but if they came smoking cigarettes, can, yeah. can can I really be that upset?
1: I guess it all depends how they how they process it as well. Like if they're social drinkers and social smokers, and it's nothing it's nothing that stops them from doing what they have to do to live their life. It's a difference than you know if they're drinking all the time and they have a problem, or if they're smoking all the time and and being lazy and not, you know, and, and falling into that trap as well. Yeah, my,
0: my kids. It's the
2: maturity level of, of yeah, doing yeah. it. Like Matur- teaching them when it's right. Maturity is a huge aspect.
0: It. it is. But but my kids right now, they're still, I mean, my eldest is probably the one that has the most, uh, realizes this the most. She's the one that's like alcohol she hates the smell of. She one time mistakenly drank some. I think it might have <clears> been wine or something because they had it like in a, you know, something that looked like something for kids. Mistakenly. Story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she hated the taste. So she's got that that stigma um, you know, embedded in her. But I'm hoping that shit takes hold of them and just guides it, it them I'm,
2: elsewhere. I'm going to have to ruin that for you. It doesn't because I was the same way as a kid.
0: I know. And, Me too. You know,
2: my dad was, you know alcoholic drank all or you know and so that made me be, hate alcohol more and even and it was even kind of like okay in family parties to like let the you know let yeah. let uh, us sip. kids have a sip of wine or something you yeah. know yeah because they felt like you know whatever i don't i don't know what their, their idea behind that was or what the strategy was but yeah they would be like and i'll be like ah, i don't want that you know i don't drink and and then i just i remember when i started to drink it was like beers and i did i was like ah, that's all right and then uh and then I drank, you know, rum here and there, and that's all right. As I got older and all but then it just you keep going, 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 and then you're like, Oh no, I like this shit. <laughs> you
0: know what I'm saying? Yeah, you develop
2: a taste for it. You know, and then and then you create a career around it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hey, as long as it's lucrative, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Never
2: mind your liver breaking down and
1: you can always get a new one. Cirrhosis
2: of the liver, who cares? (laughs) But um, yeah. So I would say don't don't feel that that's gonna hold on forever because, and sometimes kids do that even more so. Because I remember even when I did start drinking, you know, and and I would go hang out with my family and I was still just used to like always be like, nah, no, nah, I don't I don't drink. And they'd be like, oh, I know because you don't drink. I know. And I was already a little older, you know? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you're good. You don't drink. You're like, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to drink that shit. Fuck that. When I leave, hitting fucking Flanagan's and Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but what about you, K? Does any of that shit concern you? I mean, I know, I know your son is still relatively young, but you must have been thinking about in the future. Oh yeah.
1: That's probably that's probably my one of my biggest fears is him getting involved in in any of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I really hope that uh I mean, yeah, everyone goes through, I don't know if everyone, but just to say generally speaking, there's people's experimental phases and all that kind of stuff and they they try things. I mean, I'm I'm really hoping that that he bypasses all that. Um I hope that he Likes basketball or sports, <laughs> or gets into gets into something that that doesn't necessarily take him down that path. Um, yeah, I think I think that's probably my my biggest fear is of later on down the line that that whole experimentation and and because it definitely it, it's definitely uh, if you believe in you know it being part of your family genes. You know, yeah. it, it's from both, both, both of our sides. So, mm-hmm. um, my wife and myself from from both of our families. So, mm-hmm. I definitely uh, would would prefer he just steer away from it. Doesn't mean that I can shelter him from it, obviously. But, um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, want him doing it. And it's <laughs> conflicted, right? Because I'm gonna, you know, right. uh, I'll sit and have a drink in front of him, or whatever i think it, but again it goes back to the maturity level like once once i once you kind of know that when they're older and they have their shit together at least you hope they have their shit together that's a kind of a different story but those teenage years that's that's i'm a little
0: that's just rocky
1: yeah
2: that's, just, that's I mean, why it's 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 the other elements of of raising the kid or the our kids is that's what's important it's not just the topic of drug abuse or this or that it's like just building this this like self-sufficient confident person that's educated and and understands maturity levels and i mean you know i'm obviously i'm describing the perfect person right but but it's like trying to instill all these these values in someone so that they're not easily swayed into certain things you know because they're gonna they're gonna do these things it's probably most likely they're going to do these different things. Yeah. And it's what it is, is the impact that it has on them for their duration of their lives. Like, are they going to become like these mega crazy social drinkers where it's actually a crutch, you know, are they going to become a, a weed head that just fucking, you know, doesn't really function because they're fucking slowed down and they're cloudy minded all the time. And it's, they just want to fucking smoke all the time, which I know some of those people. Yeah. Um, Or are they going to be the person that just, you know, does it really recreational and understands when to put it down and, oh, no, I'm not doing that today because I got to do some other shit, you know, or I got to balance it with this other healthy, you know, thing in my life.
0: But, I mean, how do you – I guess it it all boils back down to setting the right foundation for your kids, right? Because if we look at ourselves, if we look ourselves in the mirror and we say, all right, why didn't I go – down the addiction path right i mean we we've there's all still
2: time buddy <laughs> <laughs> i always hey listen i always say that to myself just to scare myself
0: mm, it's true you're right there's
2: always time Yo, you know, I... we're still you know we're still young enough to fuck up
0: i know people that have started never never smoke weed for example ever in right. their life and they started smoking l's in their 30s
2: i've i know those people i know people that uh Eddie Giggs from my crew started smoking cigarettes. I always make fun of at 30 like 30 years old. Wow. And now he's a fucking, you know, a cigarette <laughs> fiend.
0: And,
2: <laughs> like but, three packs a day type of shit, you know?
0: But it's it's back to that cuz like you got you know, x amount of years, whatever. Let's call you uh, you know, fresh out of college. You're 22ish. Right. And you would assume that between the ages of like 16 and 22, you probably did a whole bunch of shit that you might regret, but definitely, you know, at the moment thought it was fun. It could it could be hardcore drugs. It could be crazy binges on alcohol. It could be whatever. And then it comes to, at some point, I'd say between your 20s and 30s, you then have some sort of, I don't know, for most people, hopefully it's like a maturity that occurs. And then you start to wean off of certain things or you double down on certain things. Like, it, how do we figure out what type of, per, like, you almost got to predict this shit. You can't call it, but I feel like there's characteristics, there's traits that you can pick up to figure out.
2: And knowing the personalities of, of our children, I think is is key as well. Like if you can't, we can't look at every single individual person as like this case study that covers everybody. You got to know your kids. You got to understand their personality. What you know, what might. Trigger them to do certain things and kind of like, you know, just pay attention and and try to build those values around those 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 little personality personality things that
0: could sway them in a direction. You know? Yeah. And, and that's the thing, like really knowing the personality and the char- characteristics of your kids. Right. I think goes a long way into you really helping
2: to and guide them away. Instilling from Instilling morals that are going to stand a lifetime but, there. You know what? The tricky Is the part More thing.
1: I think, you know, the tricky part to that is, is that we know our person, like, if you're an attentive parent, you, you know, you know, your person, the personality of your kid right now, like when in their younger years.
0: right.
2: Keep oh, yeah. Now, I
1: think, I think probably what happens is that, you know, when the kids get older, they get into teenage years, they definitely change. Their personalities change. Things, things will change. There's still going to be those inherent pieces of your child's personality that hopefully stay there, but there's going to be some changes. And if you don't real, if you're not paying attention to the changes, um, then you could be going off of, well, this is, this is his personality or her personality with your base on from a seven year old. When as a 15 year old or a 16 year old, they're, you know, they're probably into some other shit or thinking, Other ways and if you're not keeping keeping on track of that and and keeping the pulse on that that's probably where you run into a lot of issues i would think because you're not adjusting you you know you're not adjusting what your view of the personality is with the actual change of the personality
2: right but adjusting but also got to maintain i mean this is my opinion that foundation that consistency because i always feel that no matter whatever changes they have growing up they that um consistent foundation is something that they can always look back at and i've mentioned this in different interviews with about different topics but i feel that you know if if we don't continue to do something consistently when it comes to like teaching or whatever even though someone doesn't want to hear it eventually down the road they'll look back and be like yeah damn that was right you know and it'll kind of kick in a little bit later down the road but if you kind of gave up on it They'll be like, ah, you know, like it, it won't it won't kick in later. I don't know if that makes sense.
1: But no, for sure, because because in their mind. It's like, oh, th- that really didn't mean anything. That was right. Just, right. That was just you talking. Right. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm curious to see what our guest has to say about about these things.
1: All right. Well, let's bring them in.
0: Our guest took his rap moniker after reading a book on the Vietnam War. Throughout the 2000s, he's come across your speakers on a host of hard knocking mixtapes. After having his daughter, he even came out with a track called Fatherhood. And recently, you might've seen his new video, Get With It, Old School Moves, rocking YouTube and all over the place. With us today, we've got Saigon. (laughs)
3: Uh, uh, come on, and, yeah, yeah, man. Come on, man. I need those. I need those. That Noriega class. This is the that sober, now.
2: sober champs right now.
3: Yeah.
1: Oh. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna, insert the, uh, the the baby cries instead of the clap.
3: <laughs> yeah, I know, right. The rattle, you gotta get yeah, the rattle, a little rattle yeah. shake, <laughs> a little <Man>. rattle shake. <laughs>
2: you know, it's crazy. I actually wanted to know where the name actually came from, and, and Manny just kind of said it. What? Can you explain what? How yeah. did the name come about?
3: Yeah, I was in, you know, I was in, incarcerated. I was incarcerated, man. You um, know. You know, and then that's when we all decide we want to be smart, and start reading. <laughs> you know, so right? We ain't got a lot of, it's not a lot of other things to do. But I was young, honestly. I was a teenager, actually, and uh, I was reading a book by Wallace Terry called Bloods about Vietnam, mm. and it was actually excerpts from from a lot of the black soldiers who were in the war, okay. and um, somebody somebody was smart enough to take their journals from the soldiers and turn it into a book. And, you know, Saigon was a place, was the capital city yep. where they would go to get, like, prostitutes, heroin, whatever kind of crazy stuff they was into, being in that kind of crazy war. And they would go to Saigon for this, and Saigon that, Saigon that name just kept coming up in the book. So I was like, mm. So when I decided I wanted to be an artist, I looked for a moniker or, or a name. I liked the ring that Saigon had to it. And so, you know... So I was like, all right, freaking Saigon it is. You know, we with it. You ever had a chance to go like, out there? Oh, nah, you know what? Nah, I wanted to, man. I, I went all over Asia, but I just, for some reason, it was like, no promoters, man. I'm like, do they listen to that? Oh, because- <laughs> Yo, when you get a chance,
2: go out there. I did a whole documentary in Vietnam, and, and the last stop was Saigon, and... It's a dope-ass city. You, you'd really
3: like it. Yeah, I want to go. Yeah, I want to go, man. I'm, I'm dying. But it's on the bucket list, my G. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, you can, you can, get, a
0: you can get a glimpse of it in, in EFN's documentary because he's too bashful to promote it. So I'm going to do a forum. It's called uh, Coming Home Vietnam. And it's, uh, shit, where is it? Where can people find it, E?
2: Right now it's on, on YouTube on crazyhood.com forward slash film. We have it. It's a part of a series that we're doing, and we're about to hit South Africa in a couple of weeks for, for the sixth installment. Oh,
3: dope. That's dope, man. I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna check it out today. That's that's dope. I didn't even know that.
2: Thank you, yeah, man. Check dope, it out.
0: Man. See, that's it. it this that's this already paid for itself. You got something out of it already. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> but let's get let's get for what we're here for now. Let's talk about this yeah. fatherhood stuff.
3: Let's do it, man. So, so how many
0: how many kids you have, Saigon? I
3: have three beautiful little me's, man. I have three children, man. But mm-hmm. my, my my situation is a little odd and a little different. But I have three have two girls and a and a boy.
0: Okay. And and your girl yeah, is one of your girls is your oldest, right? That's your um, first
3: yep. My oldest yeah. My oldest is Rain. She's ten. She'll be eleven this year in October. I had a daughter that just had a birthday yesterday. She just turned eight and I have a son at seven. Gotcha. So, so,
0: so, uh, I don't God wanna pr- great. I, I don't wanna pry too much, so if you don't want to share that's cool. But you mentioned your situation's a little odd. Do you wanna ex- expound on that?
3: Yeah, um, I got, I got, I got three children by by three women in three different states. Mm, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like my oldest is born and raised in California. My little one who's here with me right now, whose birthday was yesterday, she's eight. She lives in New Jersey, and my son, who's seven, lives in Jamaica Queens. So, uh, and, and the odd part about it is they from, they're from obviously from three different women, and but. They all grew up. I was able to work hard enough to make sure that they all grew up from birth, knowing each other close. So you could you tell them they don't even understand the concept of half sibling. Right. Uh, they know they got different moms. They know that, but it's like, nah, that's my that's my that's my brother. That's my sister. And I, I'll grab them up and we'll jump on a plane and fly to California and spend time with my oldest. She'll get on a plane. She's been getting on a plane by herself since she's six years old to fly over here and and uh my son you know we go sc- scoop them up so they all they don't they don't understand that concept and and that's why when i see guys try to use the excuse of not being with the girl yo i, I don't i don't mess with shorty mm-hmm. to not being in their kid's life or that's a cop out that's the excuse and you get the, you get y'all gotta start giving dudes the db deadbeat stamp like stamp them <laughs> in the head bro because it, it ain't no here <laughs> ain't no excuse <laughs> If you love your children and and you want what's best for your children, you're gonna do whatever it takes to be in your kids' lives. You know? How
1: do the how do the moms from from, from each child? How do they interact with
3: the, they the never, siblings? You know, check this out. I, I, this is where it gets more odd because neither one of them have even even ever had a conversation with each other. Oh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> wow. My my daughter's son never talked to my... my, I mean, my, my daughter's mom never talked to my son's mom or the others. They never even got on the phone. But but they all love each other's kids. It's weird because, mm. like, if we doing a drop-off and I got my daughter Milan and I'm picking up my son, it's like, oh, uh, I have Milan. My son's mom, blah, 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 and vice versa. But as far as the mothers interacting... Never. And, and it's not something that I, I didn't want. It's something that's just never, you know, it was a lot of bitterness in it. Oh, I, ain't, I ain't. in the mm. beginning, like, you know what I'm saying? It was bitterness. Oh, you know, I don't want them around my kid, all that dumb shit. But, you know, we, we cleaned that up. They don't do that. They don't do that stupid junk no more. But for the most part, it's just like, it works. The dynamic works. So, you know, let's, let's keep it pushing like that.
0: that that's big. That Actually, it's humongous because, I mean... It seems like in some way, shape or form, they care more about the kids than their own grievances or whatever, you know, differences they might have. Yeah, even even though man, they don't talk to each other, man. they're still big.
3: Yeah. It, it wasn't always like that. But, you know, I guess
0: uh-huh.
3: in in a sense they matured as well. We all mm-hmm. matured because in the beginning it was it was like F that beat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: You could curse here, it's okay. It,
3: yeah, it was, it, was, it was fuck that bitch, you know what I'm saying? Fuck that bitch. And it was that, that that kind of nonsense. And I'm like, yo, understand something. I wasn't with none of y'all. This is another odd part of my dynamic. I wasn't in a relationship with none of them. Mm. <laughs> so it's kind of, I, I started having kids late, later on in life. Yeah. Like my older. I'm 42 years old. You know what I'm saying? I'm not one of them rappers who be trying to speak like I'm. Skinny jean and like I'm 23 and all of that. <laughs> I, I embrace, I embrace getting older because a lot right. of my friends, you know, didn't make it. You know what I'm saying? To, to, to say, okay, yeah. just excuse me, just look after her, please. Okay, play with her, my
2: daughter, right here. I love Dude, it. That's fatherhood.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fatherhood. You know, man. so it, it, it uh so like I said. It, I started having children later on in life, so you know, being in this music business is like love. Love, love is elusive. You know what I'm saying? It's yep. really hard to find genuine, real love when you know you're on TV. I was, you know, I, was saying, I was on Entourage, which was the biggest show in the world at the time, like yeah. bigger than life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have no children when I was on that show. I was, I was just young, having fun. I was on TV. I was, I was getting money. I was. I was on Atlantic right Records, so you know every woman you cute to every woman in the world. You know what I mean? Hey, you know what I mean? Magically become, yeah, <laughs> you magically Denzel Washington out of the blue, and, then, and then, <laughs> so then you start to you start to try to have serious relationships with women, and you being me being a little bit more insightful than the average person, I know when I'm being used, I know when a person just likes me for what they think they can get out of me. So it was it was hard to find love, but I always wanted to be a father. So it's like, okay, if love is elusive and I can't find love, am I just going to end up being an old man with no kids because I never found a love? Hmm. Or am I just going to start pretty much having the ghetto way of having a surrogate? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so <it was> like, <laughs> yeah, I call it ghetto surrogate because I just started, you know, I started, I started to procreate with women that I didn't have real relationships with. And it, and it wasn't that and I was doing on the lows. Something I was explaining to them, like, look, you know, I, I want to be a father. I want to be, and you know, like I, when you're famous and and you got that light on you, it's, oh, well, yeah, you know, I'd love to have a baby with you, but it's not like we're going to be in, <laughs> like, this baby is not making us a relationship. You understand right. that? And, you know, during the time, they shake their head up and down. Yes, they bobblehead right. be bobblehead dog, dude. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> and then as soon as that baby comes, it's a different story. You know, it's oh, more so like, child support, I'm taking you to court, this, this, that, this is control, try to use the baby to control you. And so that happened to me. So it happened to me three times, like my son and daughter are five weeks apart. Mm-hmm. My my daughter's birthday was yesterday. My son turns eight on September 7th, August 31st to September 7th is five weeks. You know what I'm saying? So that that wasn't something that you know, nobody could get mad at me like I was cheating on somebody. Right. And but that's how they try to spin it off. Oh, how are you gonna have another baby? But I was like, you know, I wasn't sure if my if it worked when I skipped. About to say, Would like, you say like, you planned <laughs> the three? <laughs> exactly. Dude, I had to <laughs> I had to spread my seed around to make to see where the, <laughs> the fruit was gonna grow from. But you know, it it, it obviously it worked, and then and, and then you know I ended up in this awkward position.
1: Damn, we we were so
0: talk. You're... Go ahead,
1: Gay. No, I'm just curious. Did did uh, your desire to be a dad was uh, how involved was your yeah. father with you growing up, and what kind of impact did he have on your life?
3: Well, um, I'm, my father's from Haiti. You know what I'm saying? He's a, he's a my father was 22 years older than my mom, and so he's like a old school. He's 80 years old, now. I know him. He didn't he didn't raise me, but I always knew who he was. You know so. But he had this stern, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like middle, I mean, West Indian men, but they're really dominant over like, they should have, I want my iron, my my clothes iron, my food home when I walk in the door, all of this stuff. So Mm -hmm. growing up, my father was really, really like a drill sergeant. So I never wanted to be around him. I don't think it was more so him not caring because he had a wife. It wasn't my mom. He had a wife. He had other kids. My father probably had nineteen kids, and so he would he would he had he had a house a home. My mother was from the projects, so when when things got rough for her, it was it was more so go live with your father. But going to live with him was like hell, you know what I'm saying? So it was like I I wasn't with it. Like you know what I'm saying? I I don't like being there. You know, first of all, I don't even speak the language that they speak. They speak mm-hmm. Creole. I'm I'm from my mother, who's African American, who's just. No, you know, just speaks English, and going over there as language barrier, there was a lot of things. I mean, as far as down to culture, which you had to wear to school, like, his his wife would try to send me to school looking 17 different colors on and shit. I'm like, he's trying to set <laughs> yeah. me up. The <laughs> Haitian kid had, had a roughie <laughs> for a minute out here. Yeah, we yeah had a roughie. And I'm like, yeah, what the fuck's going on? Like, I'm going to school with this funny shit on, and they teasing me, and I'm getting violent fighting, so I'm like, so, it, er, my early life was back and forth between my mom and dad, but more so my mom because she was fucked up living in Brownsville, living uh, you know in Newburgh, New York. I don't know if y'all are familiar with that, but oh
1: yeah, yeah, upstate, Newburgh, Newburgh is crazy. Like,
3: worst is like you think upstate like houses and trees and nice shit, you can go up there and it's like way worse than the ghetto. You what, like, what the fuck this? What you know they what call saying?
0: that shit? They call it like the 7th Borough or some shit like that? Yeah, yeah.
3: that shit is slow yeah. down, bro. That's, yeah, that's so I like, Partisan partisan Fontaine's from up there. The kid, um, party, Party's from up there. And, and um, he talk about it. A lot of people, be like, upstate, what is, like, that shit is twisted. But the Basu was like, it was like, the lesser two evils, but I'd rather just, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go where I can my mom might not have it all; she might have problems, but you know, I can. It, it's to me, it's easier to function here. So, that was my relationship with my dad. It, it was—we never really established a relationship. I'm still trying to do that to this day, before do, he goes because he's 80 years old. you know what I'm saying. He's, so, he's,
0: so, you find some significance or importance in trying to trying to have some type of relationship with him?
3: It yeah, like. especially for my kids, it, I mm-hmm. do it. I do it more so. But honestly, I never. Once I once I got once I became a teenager, I'm you a quick story. I was I got a, I got incarcerated a lot as a kid. Like I was in in trouble a lot, and um, I just posted. It's funny. I posted on my my um. I found like one of my old rap sheets and just when I was moving. Yeah, people. And I was like, damn man, I was really messed up in the head. <laughs> Look at all the trouble I was getting into, and then. I remember calling my dad because I needed bail money. I called my mother, and she's like, you know I ain't got no money, man, you know? And if you want to call your dad and give that a shot, you know, go for it because, you know, he's be- he's better off financially than I am. Mm. So I must have been 15 years old I catching a-, a-, a gun charge or something. Called my dad, and I'm like, dad, I'm in jail. He's like, oh, yeah? He said, yo, check this out. Never call me again. Wow. <laughs> <up the> <laughs> oh, my oh, shit. Yeah, from that point on, I said, you know what? I, I am. You you had, you said it right because I'm never, ever going to call you again. Even after this, when I grow up, when I'm a man, I'm never going to call you again. And the, when I started to reestablish a relationship with my dad, is when I had my kids because I wanted them to know their grandfather, know where they come from, and know their lineage. So I felt it was my responsibility to create a relationship between between them and and my father. Mm.
2: Yeah, I'm going through the same thing right now with my father as well. Where well, I'm trying—that's oh, the wow. connection, me with my daughter, trying
3: to yeah. connect, you know, yeah. have
2: so she can know her grandfather. But I didn't have that same connection with my pops.
3: Exactly, and you know what? Kudos to you, and that's that's a stand-up thing to do because they get people get older and then they perish. Like that's yeah. that's that's his promise to us, you know what I'm saying? So I, I don't want them to be questioning me for the rest of their lives about you know who who was your dad or. or where do I come from, or where do you come from? So, well, now that they're to the level of understanding, you know, they know them. They even actually see him. like they they like them actually. They love wow. him. That's dope. You know what I'm saying? They love them, which <laughs> is which is ironic because I'm like, I didn't I didn't have no relationship with this man, but my kids love him, and my kids all like they call him Grandpa and all of that. And I never called him Dad. I didn't think he earned that title. But if right. if they love them. If they like it. I love it, man. They love it. I love it more. So, anything I, for my babies.
0: I, I got a question for you, Sai. So, um, we yeah. uh, we started the episode uh, talking about a little experience I had um, last week, where I took my daughter to to the Dykeman League uh, up in Washington mm-hmm. Heights, and mm-hmm. around us was a clouds and clouds of of you know weed smoke. Right? Everybody's puffing an L here, rolling up over there. And my daughter's 12, my uh, oldest is 12. So she, mm. and we, we live up in Rockland County. So for her to see that kind of stuff is rare.
3: And she. Oh, uh, where you? I live in Rockland County. I live yeah. in Rockland County a lot, a lot of my life. Too. I know. I know. Been, I heard
0: of Spring Valley. Valley. Spring Valley was. Spring yeah. yeah. So yeah, since I
3: was I, 11 years old, I was 15. Well, <laughs> 11 to like 15. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, like, I'm right
0: there. What saying? So. Um, where you at?
3: Where, where you at uh,
0: new New City.
3: Oh, you have to come up. Oh, you, oh, you <laughs> up you to <laughs> Keep me low.
2: Keep me low, son. Keep me low.
3: <laughs> Keep, oh, what's your address, right, man? <laughs> right,
2: right,
0: right. Nah, so so she Coming starts to, <laughs> she starts to see, you know, these these brown looking cigarettes. And I start pointing them out to her. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, you know, that's that's marijuana. You're gonna start to smell something different that you probably never smelled before. And I'm I'm pretty much preparing her for what's about to happen. And, and and my question really is now that you ha- you have what is your your eldest daughter she's what 11 you said
3: yeah she's 10 going on 10, 11 yeah she's
0: going to be 11 so are you concerned mm-hmm. or, or is that something that you think about as far as like her exposure to you know the general run of the mill you know drugs
3: out there you know what? It's funny you said that because I'm having that conversation with my eight-year-old, that whole, that whole dynamic going on with my eight-year-old. Mm. And the thing is, is like, we when we grew up in Mara like the criminal. I remember my, me and my sister crying in the house because we smelled weed coming from the bathroom. Mm. My mom would be blowing it down in the bathroom, we had her sitting there. Like she smoking crack or something. Right. <laughs> like, you smell it, yeah, I smell it. Like we crying like <laughs> like she's doing some hard drug or shit, because that's what we were taught. Right. That this was a drug and this could kill you and did, did because that's what was taught. Mm-hmm. Now that we know the you know, the medicinal purposes of marijuana and, and what and what marijuana can do and how they're using it for medicine and how it's not as harmful when they were using it to criminalize us and lock us up, because that's what they were doing. Down, I explain that to my daughter. I go, you know, uh, it's not, it's 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 good for medicine. And some people use it for medicine, some people use it for, you know, to 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 feel. Because I have a sister that's epileptic and she has seizures mm-hmm. and she she just prescribed it. So when we go to her house and my sister uses it, whether well, sometimes she smokes it, sometimes she takes edibles or whatever. But my 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 daughter sees her doing it and goes, you know, the Deidre's doing weed, Mom, no? Daddy, and I go. You know, she get it from the doctor. So I try to just explain to her what it is. It's almost like, I, and then I, I let her know that it's not good for just people who don't need it. It's almost like you wouldn't sit around and take Tylenol for no reason, right? Mm. Exactly. So I, I I break it down and I try to explain to her. Because by the time they, they grow up and they're at that age, I understand, they'll be able to buy weed at the store.
0: Yeah, that's true.
3: You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you gotta, yeah, yeah. But that's where it's going. Like we, we, they, they, they're legalizing it every day. It's getting, you know, less and less now. You can walk around with two ounces of it without it being criminalization. So you just, I just try to keep my kids ahead of the curve and explain to them why some people use it and try to make it seem like you know, it's it's medicine. People are doing it because it's medicine, but you don't need no medicine. So this is why you don't have each and touch it. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. So
0: that's dope. I mean. Like, that's kind of my conflict. Like, I took her to the game knowing what the element was mm-hmm. going to be like, but I was like, yo, she's going to come across this shit in some some way, shape, or form. Oh, yeah.
3: Absolutely, yeah. I, I'd that's, rather be that's, with that's me. the new than... world. Yeah. Exactly. That's the new world. You just got to explain. Because kids are smart, man. These kids are like, I mean, they're in the information age, bro. They're in the information. You remember when we was young? I don't know y'all ages, but yeah, I know. We, I, I we're, in same, y'all we like we're in the same around the same area. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're in the, all the same age yeah. bracket. Remember we were young, you'd be walking down the street with your friends and you see like an old Playboy book on the floor and right. you and your boys pick it up like, oh, my God. you right. see a titty and stuff, <laughs> freaking out and shit. <laughs> y- y'all ripped the Cajun hat. This is my hat. This, my-. Like, this Like, But now we got to now- wonder who
2: left it on the floor. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, it some horny pervert. <laughs> like, his wife might have found it and threw it out of his house. Or something. So, but now you look at these kids. If they have access to the internet, they could type anything in the search engine and that's just popping up. Like right. you know, anything you wanna see is on the internet. Like anything. So so it's like they our their level of information is so different. We can't child proof the world. So it's up to us to really be like, okay, we have to be the we have to be a little bit more micromanaged with our the information our kids get because it's out there. So now you gotta look at who your friend's kids are very closely. What their friends are into, like when I'm, my daughter has a friend, I want to know the parent. I want to know who they, who's around, who, right. what the situation. Or you can't go over there because you know, especially having little girls, man. You know mm, what I'm saying? Yeah. The statistics, yep. the statistics of the little girls who be getting violated, and you be like, hold the fuck up! Like I need to know where my daughter's at at all times. So when my daughter, do- when my- her mother's, oh, I'm taking her there, I'm taking her here. Nah, I need to know where. I need addresses. I need social security numbers. <laughs> I need to know who to hunt. I need to, I need to know who to hunt down. No, that's real. Something happens to my child. You know what, I'm
0: saying?
3: So, nice. you know what I mean? It, it's a
0: different world. I, I, I want to ask you, because I know um, from reading and just seeing how things are developing after you released um, Get With It, Old School Moves, mm-hmm. how did that come about? Mm-hmm. And I know there's some challenges that you, you mentioned on social media and whatnot in, in putting that out. Oh, man, like...
3: This it, I've been in this game 19 years, bro, and mm. I promise you that right? I mean, this, I'm not saying this because it's my new song, it's promo mode or whatever, but I've never had a song in 19 years. I mean, I have records with Jay-Z, records with Swiss Beast, mm. records with, you know, in the top of the upper echelon, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've never had a record get this much of a good response in 19 years. And this record came about with me and my daughter, my my eight-year-old, me trying to teach her some old school dances because she was like, Daddy, I wanna to go to dance school, put her in dance school, she's coming home and the dances they teach, and I'm like, I don't know, these dances are kinda of stupid, man. <laughs> they got <laughs> ones that look like you're having a seizure. They got the yeah. one, you know, with the arms flapping back and forth and they go up and I'm like, what the hell is that? So then me and her just being cool and being close, I'm like, let me show you some of the some of the dances that we used to do when we was young. Like, you know, I'm not saying you have to learn them, but I think our dances were a little cooler, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like the running man, for instance. If you got a chubby kid teaching the running man, they do cardio for 10 minutes before <laughs> they realize they've been working out. You know
2: what I'm saying? It's a kid in play. It's,
3: it's, it's, it's a kid it's in a play, te- yeah. It's teamwork. It's teamwork, exactly. It's teamwork, it's cardio, it's fun. It's, uh, so I started to teach her uh, some, some of the old school dances, and this is how you know I'm, I'm being 100%. I didn't. I went and made a little beat. I got a little setup. I'm, like, I'm not a producer by, by by no stretch of the imagination, but I can you know I can I know how to program a drum machine and all that. So hmm. I went and made the little beat. That beat is on the song. I produced it from. It's only four L four sounds in that whole beat. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> you know what I'm okay. It's, it's four sounds in that whole beat. <laughs> I went and made the beat and then made a little video, like a little tutorial, just for, just for my personal. With me and her, just like I, I, I like to tape a lot of things, yeah. and and I did it, and then I posted it. And LL Cool J himself <laughs> seen. I guess I guess I didn't even know LL Cool J followed me on Instagram. LL Cool J himself seen it and was like, called Jay Hudson, who's the program director at Rock the Bells Radio, and was like, "Yo, we got to get that Saigon song. It wasn't even That's a song, it. bro. It was just <laughs> you messing <laughs> that around, Saigon song. Yeah, it was me messing around. I put it on. I posted it." So Jay Hudson reached out to me and was like, "Yo, I'm the program director at Rock the Bells Radio, and I want to, we want to um, debut the song up at the show if you didn't put it out and yada." So now I had to go really making a song because I'm like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like, yo. And then Ron G, DJ Ron G, the legendary, he hit me. And then like seven, seven DJs in my inbox like, "Yo, we need to, we need to, we need that record, man. That's just like a summertime banger." I'm like, "Oh shit!" So now I got to work backwards. So now I go. I go really try to make the beat around the song. I go get the song mixed. I go shoot a video at my my, my um, little cousin's one year old birthday party. I go get a <laughs> oh, bunch of kids with call them. We, okay. Yeah, it was a birthday party. <laughs> Everybody like, oh, that like this is a video scene. Nah, I just went and got a bunch of kids from a dance school, and with my and then I just went and shot the video. And all this happened within a week. Wow. And. And I was like, okay, here goes my new song, cause I haven't. Put, that's the first song I put out in five years. I haven't put out a song or verse or video since 2014. Prior to that,
0: yo, I, I gotta tell you, I, I put it on for my kids and my kid, like kind of like a little social experiment, cause my kids are all up yeah. in you know, the new wonky looking dances. And they could, really, uh, they could really appreciate the shit you was going through, like the WAP and all the shit that you was doing.
3: Yeah, they bro. They was fucking man, with Man, like now people are doing it on their own. I just seen a girl at Millie Brooklyn did it, who's like an a Instagram dance craze. Give mm-hmm. this kid, Chaz Bruce, shout out to him, who's on TikTok, who got like thir- 3 million followers on TikTok. He's wow. doing challenges. And this this is all organic. You know what I'm saying? Usually you got to go hunt down influencers and pay them and do This is all organic. And they like, nah, we just love this song. So I'm like, damn, I never had this in my whole career. Like, How <laughs> I've been trying trying and trying to the point where I pretty much I, I give up, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm putting out, making some of the best songs in hip-hop <laughs> history and these shoots are not working. And then I do this with my daughter. That's the way it goes and now sometimes. Everybody, the, yeah, the power, that, the and power
1: of fatherhood.
3: The power of fatherhood, man. And without, without my daughter, I, like I tell her, I'm like, this, you know what I went and did? I went and put all the rights to the song of her name. Oh, that's, that's So, so if something was to happen, like for all the, all the songs money generates, it goes really to her. And, you know, I broke my other kids off a little bit, but I'm like, I'm going to make a song for you too in the future, now. But right. this is Milan because she really inspired this and You know what I'm saying? And, and so it, it, it's a blessing, man. And it's been only a week and a half since the song has been out. Wow. And it, it's really gaining traction on its own so oh, it's
0: well deserved congrats i i, I gotta you, give a I gotta give lot. a quick shout out to my homegirl melissa she um she hit me on facebook and was like yo have you seen this yo this would be great for fatherhoods i was like what i was like first i read the name oh, yeah. i was like saigon doing a kid song and i looked at it and i was like oh
3: shit Yo, you the i swear <laughs> to god bro I, I i was a little reluctant at first you know nah, who, but, you know who i'm gonna go tell go you go go shout ahead. out to remy ma shout out to remy ma because me and a lot of people don't know. They think like me and him have a rival because when we were coming up in the mixtape, oh, I was Saigon and mm-hmm. Who's, who, who's going to be the one that brings New York back? Who's Which one of these artists is going to break through for New York at the time? Because 50 had a spot solidified. So it was all about who was gonna, who added a new who's going to, out of the new artists, is really going to pop off. So me and Papoose had like a little rivalry in the beginning before we knew each other, before we knew each other like formally. Then we met because K Slade really probably would he probably was really, 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 he was very, very, very beneficial to both of us in the come up days because Kay Slayers gave us really both our spark. Mm -hmm. So Kay is the one who put us together. Like, nah, man, y'all need to work together. Forget all that divide and conquer shit. Don't let niggas divide y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, work together. And so we, we, we met, we got cool. So for years and years, me and Pat, like, always talk about, you know, fatherhood, we talk about life, we talk about like on the phone, like not not for the public. Like, that's yeah. my boy, that's my brother, Papoose. So, when I did this song, I called Pat first. I said, Papoose, man, I got this song. And I told him the whole LL Cool J shit. I said, LL heard it, <laughs> he liked it. And then the program director added it to radio and one day, like I had this song. So, I sent it to him. He was like, fam, don't let nobody tell you not to put out. He was like, I love it, man. He was like, and now you got to go through Remy, the Remy. You want to hear the Remy, my opinion? I was like, oh, because <laughs> you know Remy, Remy can be tough. You know right, what I mean? right. He was like, you, he was like, that's my opinion. I love it. But do you want to hear Remy, my opinion? I was like, let me, okay, let me have it. I'm like, Remy can be like, this shit is braga. This shit is Throw it away by I bro, like that's what I'm waiting for. And she was like, yo, Remy loves it. She just, you know what I'm saying? She thinks it's good. She's in the background doing the dances. She's not even hearing and seeing the video. Mm-hmm. She's just hearing it and now it's doing a while. She just said I did the salt and pepper wrong. She said you, you fucked up on the salt and pepper slide, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like nah, so they gave me the blessings. Like you nah know, go for it, man. Because you look happy. You look like you're in a good space. The kids, the kids look happy. And I was like, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot. There's nothing like I ever did in my, you know, even fatherhood. There was a song about my daughter, but it was more serious. I
2: wanted to bring that up because I think that at least with the exception of Ed O.G. and and maybe there's a a, a couple other tracks I don't I don't can't remember right now, but that was one of the first tracks where someone seriously tackled fatherhood and, you know, kind of put it out there and, and you know, now everybody's proud to be a father, you know, with Khaled and different people, but it wasn't like that yeah. in hip hop for a long time.
3: Nah, not at all. Not not at all. And you're right, man. Because that's from that club, man. I'm a hip hop baby. So speaking of Ed I remember seeing that video. And most of the time songs about fatherhood was detrimental. It was it was right. like Shaq. I always had a father with my bar, a lot of groupies right. and follow. Right. It was <laughs> more so like fuck my dad and mom's is everything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. And so that was that was the hip hop stance on fatherhood, you know what I'm saying? be a father to your child. That was of the same man, stop being deadbeat, take care of your kids. You know what I'm saying? So, when I mean fatherhood, it was just so, like I said, I wasn't with the, I was, and if you listen to some of the lyrics and said, even though, click, if it benefits you, I'll do whatever she say. Like, meaning that, you're the you're what's important here. Mm-hmm. Not me, not your mom, not our dynamic, Is you. And we're going to do everything we need to do to give you the best life. That was my first born and it was like, I'm going to, I need to put this out there. So, Father, especially fathers with little girls, gotta understand the importance of the role we play in these little girls' lives. You know what I'm saying? Because we're gonna be the first man that they love. Mm -hmm. We're gonna know, a a father teaches his daughter how a man's supposed to treat a woman by just watching them. So, if you grow up and you live in a family dynamic where there's a woman in there and, and that you you, you you are you aggressive towards a woman? Are you physically abusive or something? Your daughter's gonna grow up thinking that's that's, that's how okay. a man's supposed to treat a woman. Facts. And, and she's gonna allow that. She's gonna allow that become her life because subliminally, this is how my dad treated my mom. So this is how a woman's supposed to be treated. So I made it my business to be like, okay, I'm gonna put this out there while I have this voice and this platform about you know showing showing other fathers and showing little girls who grow up to see this video that you know it's all about how we how we carry ourselves as men and how we the dynamic that we add to uh to to our, our daughter's lives man I, it, I can't it, 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 it's a slippery slope man <laughs> it
0: is but we got to keep going slope. man we got to keep doing it um we got I... to and another
3: thing I want to say I'm sorry when I talk about this this is a time that's why when when the opportunity came up to do this I haven't done no interview in years bro I haven't done this in I get Henry's I get requests literally every day. And I have to pick up the phone and said, Yeah, I'm going to do one until y'all came along. And you know what I'm saying? So if I'm long winded, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> no, no. I'm we not. appreciate it, dog. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I got one thing before before we get off the phone. I mean, I know mean, y'all got questions, or I don't know if y'all want to keep, keep building, but I got a TV show that I'm producing called Father Figures. Hmm. Oh, that's dope. That's, that sounds that's ill. That's really, and I'm going to tell you what I did. Everybody who, uh, a lot of people, I was on Love and Hip Hop in, in season five, Love and Hip Hop New York.
0: Right.
3: And I got a lot of flack. I don't know if y'all remember that season about me, the way I talked to my son's mom and I threw her bag or whatever. And I mean, black women, I mean, if you ever want to, Know what cyber bullying is, nigga? Go against Black Twitter. Oh, <laughs> but I never yeah. I thought I thought it, I thought I was impossible to be bullied. I'm like, I don't get bullied. I'm tough. I'm Saigon. I'm right. you know, I've been through it all. I survived this, this and that. I couldn't survive Black Twitter, bro, being all over hip hop, I was trying to argue back with one. Then I'm getting Twitter jumped. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, that's real shit. I never thought I'd get to the point where I'm like, I'm deleting this shit, man. Wow. I was this close to deleting all my social media because I'm talking about the ridicule and the criticism was coming in by the flocks and abundance. And and I couldn't. It was every black woman in America was, was on my case.
0: Damn, son.
3: But without even really, because the way that show works is like we're gonna we're gonna emphasize the dramatic parts, and then the fact that me and my my son's mom, I should have never bought her on TV first of all because <laughs> we didn't have that dynamic. Right. We didn't have that dynamic. I didn't know her well enough to know what what's gonna happen when them lights come on because that fame is fame is a toxic. Power, most powerful drug known to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Attention and fame, when you're probably not used to that level of fame. Is not something that anybody can handle. So once the producers started to go like, "Oh, Charlie, you use me like I was an abusive boyfriend," she started running with it. Like, mm. "Oh man, I see that people feel I'm getting that sympathy. Love, I'm gonna pretend to be like I'm in an abusive situation oh. when me and her didn't even co. Me and her didn't even talk. Not only was she not in an abusive situation, she wasn't in a situation at all. Said, what time are you going to drop off my son? And what time am I picking him up? Right. It was the only, or something, if there was a doctor visit or school, it's the only kind of communication we had. Love and Hip Hop tried to create this dynamic. Like me and her was in a relationship trying to work something out. Mm. And I'm like, that's not the case. But they're like, look, just go with it. You know, it's for your storyline. So I'm like, mm, I don't know. Because this ain't this ain't re, this ain't my reality. This ain't our reality. Our reality is we share a child. This is the dynamic I want to show to America that you can still be in your kid's life even though you're not with the girl. That's what my storyline really is. You know what I'm saying? So they created a oh we're trying to work it out and we're trying to be a family for our son and that was never the real dynamic. So the the time so I'm yelling and screaming at her like because my son wasn't talking at the time so I'm like yo my son. Can ain't talking bro and he's he's 19 months old mm. like I said I have a daughter that's 19 months and she I can sit there and have a whole conversation with her and he won't say a word I'm like just to make sure everything is cool I know sometimes boys develop slower they say in the beginning yeah. than being females I said just to make sure let's bring them to a specialist a speech therapist and see it. so they took that as saying, oh you trying to say something's wrong with you so it was a big mess. Shit. So what I learned when I when I learned from that situation is how to produce a TV show because I'm sitting there on the show as a as a as, as you know one of the cast members, but I'm watching the production, how the production goes on, I'm watching how they create this thing that's so big and everybody's into it. So I did Ayala fix my life because of that show. I was on Ayala fixing My Life. I don't know how many people seen the episode, but it got to the point where I had to bring this girl on Ayala. <laughs> Actually, she wrote Ayala. She wrote Ayala like she was trying to piggyback off the love and hip hop situation. Like, yo, know, look at it. And then once Ayala's not reality TV like love and hip hop, the producers want to know the real story. Okay. So once they got down to their meat and potatoes, it was like, oh, excuse me, young lady. He's not the problem here.
0: Uh... It's you.
3: It's you. You're That's- the problem here. You're the problem at the time. This is a man who had a baby by a girl he didn't even know. Y'all never had a relationship. Y'all was just you know, having un- irresponsible sex and a baby coming. Here he is trying to be in a kid's life and here you are giving him resistance. So, it, so with all that being said, I said, you know what? I'm going to make a TV show on my own. I got all these famous friends and all these people I know in TV and television from doing Entourage, from doing, even doing Love and Hip Hop. I'm I'm an easy guy to work with. I said, I'm going to make my own show and it's going to showcase the good fathers that's in this world. So I said, I'm going to make a show, Father Figures, it's about industry fathers, about people in the industry who had my situation. I was watching this show called 3030 on on, on ESPN. Yeah, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but they got one called Broke.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a popular
3: one. Yeah, how the athletes go broke and how NFL like seventy four percent of NFL players are bankrupt three, four years after they after they retire. And the one mean, main reason was child support. Oh. and because these guys like I was watching uh um Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard got like five baby mothers you no know, since since signing his deal. I was, um
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Um,
3: Blake Blake Griffin. Look at Fetty Wap. Fetty Wap is another one who has a lot of different children because when he's up and I ain't trying to knock nobody, but we get a different kind of variety of pussy when we get famous. You know what I'm saying? It's up to you to spend that $10 and put the stock on the pickle and say, I'm going to have fun, but I'm not going to let it go past that. You know, that's our responsibility as men. Like a woman can't say, no, make you skeet up in me. That's not, that ain't how it works. Right. You know what I'm saying? So once a lot of these athletes have these babies by, I wouldn't even call them groupies. I would call them, um, what's a cool word for groupie? That's why we need Nori. We need Nori right here, right? Now. What's, a cool, Nori, Nori this. what's a cool, smooth way for groupie that they don't feel offended? But a lot of them are, are, are really groupies, you know what I'm saying? That's what, what we don't call a spade a spade. So when, when when you're in a position where you get money, and we know entertainment money and, and you know, rap money and shit, that shit come and go, it's up and down. But when you up and you, and you have these babies and these, these women that you – um, these, damn these women that you shouldn't probably have children with. Um, I call undesirables. <laughs> Let's come up with a cool <laughs> word. These undesirables, you know, you knock them up, the baby's forever, bro. You know, what I'm saying that baby's gonna be here for the next. God no, hopefully they're gonna outlive you. But it's your financial responsibility up until they're twenty one. You're financially responsible for them so think about it if I'm 17% if you have anything about child support the first if you, if you go to court 17% of what you earn is goes to child support for the first baby it is a new york state law i don't know about other laws i live in new york state 17% goes to the to if you have another one that mother gets 16% of whatever your income if you have another one that one gets 15 so they just mm. they just take down wow. 1%? 1% off you yeah, it goes down one percent each time. Wow. So think about it. If I'm making a, if I'm, if I'm getting a check, right, Uncle Sam is taking his thirty three percent off the rent, right. I gotta pay tax. I can't duck that for nothing. You yeah. you want to talk about somebody not breathing on your neck for their money? Yeah. That's Uncle Sam, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: And
3: and then so now let's say I got my situation. I have three children. I'm on three child supports. So seventeen plus sixteen plus fifteen is almost 50%, uh, another 50%. So that 30 plus that 50 is 80. So I'm bringing home 20% <laughs> of what I make. That's fucked up. Goes yeah. to, it goes to me. And that's how these guys end up bankrupt. Mm-hmm. That's how a lot of people end up bankrupt. And so this is a lot of people still, a lot of artists lose all everything. Look how many artists we've seen had child support issues over the years. You yeah. know what's crazy?
0: What's crazy is that, You know, the perception is it's all the frivolous spending. And when you break it down to what you just did, that shit, you just open up my eyes because I was under the impression it was on the cars and the bullshit. But that makes a lot of sense.
3: Yeah, nah, it ain't. It, it, it it's the, the main one is child support, bro. Because you still have to keep paying. It. You know how many times that you got to go to court and go look. I'm not making the money I used to. Well, you you got this kid used to a certain lifestyle, yeah. and that kid has to maintain that lifestyle. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, who I feel bad it's for it. Sh- alimony
3: I- is child support.
0: Yo, I'm, I'm my man Sean Kemp. That dude got like fifteen kids or some crazy shit like that. Oh
3: yeah, they killed Sean <laughs> Evander Holyfield. Evander oh, Holyfield, another one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That he, he, this dude, this dude had like ten, eleven, twelve kids, and he blew through his money. And everybody looked at him. Oh, he's so dumb. How you throw away all that money? He's dumb. He had, he made me at one hundred fifty million dollars, and they go, he's going to his kids. Your side, and that's why I made this show. I, this I, show just show. What, yeah, when I'm is that,
0: that? When is that? Pro, when is that show airing?
3: Well, right now we just shot the pilot. We got the pilot in the first episode, um, I'm, you know. So I don't have a, a network for it yet. Right okay. now we're just pitching it around. I can't really say who's on the show. I don't want to spoil it, no, but no, no. it's a lot of people that people will know. I just one person I would say I can say because you know he's one of the first people I wanted to bring on because of his dynamic is a, a underground rapper named Terminology. Oh yeah, uh, the Good Dad King. He's Yeah, he's we
1: have. He's been yeah. on the show. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's a so, alumni. Term
3: is one. Yeah, Terman's is one of the cast members on the show because his he's more of the voice of reasoning on the show. Like, mm. fellas, good day, again, come on. Because a lot, of these, <laughs> a lot yeah. of these fathers are bitter. A lot of these fathers are bitter. They 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 they're not. They love their kids, but they hate. You start to have such a resentment for a child. I mean, for a child's co for a co parent when you're doing the things you're supposed to do, and they don't don't care about nothing about money. They all they care, but they don't care about if you spend time with the kid. They don't care about emotional support, spiritual support, and even the courts. Even when we're putting the courts on blast because the only thing they enforce is financial support. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why y'all don't enforce people to spend time with their kids? Because mm-hmm. that's more important than, than a dollar. Every kid needs money to survive. But you know what's more important than, the, than that money? Him, a father being in, in that kid's life. Yeah, that's a, a true. A father being there, but they don't enforce that shit in court. You can't get locked up for not spending time for your kid, with your kid or not. Being there for your kid, or not having a bond with your kid, but you can get locked up if you don't pay. If you don't pay that seventeen <laughs> percent,
0: yo, they're gonna son, take you, your license,
3: you, they're you gonna d- take your passport, they're gonna take your drop, they're gonna, and they're gonna, they're gonna jam you up.
0: You it. And they of- don't
3: enforce that in, in, in court. And I'm like, this is backwards, man. Because first of all, what if I, you could be with your kid every single day? But court says pay child support. you're gonna you have to go hire a lawyer and go through all this shit to say, look, I pretty much am raising this kid and then you have to prove it. Because as long as the mother's the custodial parent, the the money's going to her. So hmm. it's like they don't you can be with your kid every day. If you're not paying the mother, they're gonna come lock you up. So now not only is she not getting the money, but now you're not able to go pick your kid up from school. You're not able to go drop your kid off to of school because now you're in jail because you didn't pay the money. So now you're not even capable of supporting your kid any other way, and and they st- it ain't like the state is gonna step in and say, "Hey, we're gonna pay you 17%. But they don't do that shit. So the kids is now the kids asked out all the way, and the shit just don't make no sense to me. So I'm right. nobody else put a light on this shit, and and that, this is a story that needs to be told in, in our in our hip in hip hop generation. Because we we we, it's all fun and games when we see a woman on Instagram clapping our buns, and we like, oh shit, I could slide her, her DMs. I'm famous. I'm I'm the man, and being next to you no, know, she, she don't she don't line your ass up for for a, a, a support for the next 18 years, and you just thinking you got some pussy. Yeah,
0: exactly. Mm. That's all you ended up getting. Is, <laughs> yeah, some pussy, she was setting you
3: know? your ass up. That whole shit was a, a thirst. The word trap and thirst trap. That's real. They trying to trap these girls. Do this because they trying to trap these dumbass. At- I'm not. I ain't gonna say all athletes are dumb, but right. majority of them were just jocks. Yeah, they didn't yeah. have to be smart to get through school. You know what I'm saying? They was able to dunk a basketball or run a, a, a 40 in four seconds. So they didn't have to know how to read. A lot of these motherfuckers can't read or write. So when they see these pretty girls on, on, on Instagram, on these social media, and they, or even the nightclubs, well, before social media. And they they batting the eyes at you, bro. They really lining your ass up for that for that for, for what they know you what you got to make. And this is a real situation that's going on and niggas don't even talk about it.
0: It's true. Well, I we appreciate I'm having sure. you talk about it. And when that uh <laughs> when that joint comes out, please let us know. We're happy to promote it and oh yeah and man. watch it for I, sure. I
3: definitely will. Man. And I yeah, would love do. to get y'all we'll do the release I would love to get y'all on the show we- and get y'all take on it and get the whole, um, you know, which I do with y'all podcast. And because what I try to do is, it's funny because one of the producers of the show who's a very, very, very rich guy, he's a, he's going, he went through it, through it, but it wasn't like baby mama. It was divorce. It was a divorce, but mm. when it came down to kind of split up split up things, you know, he started, the, the, the woman was acting funny and then he went through the shit to where he, it, it's, it, I, I can't spoil it. It's it's gonna be crazy though. People gonna see this and be like, Wow, like I ain't think nobody would have the courage to put a spotlight on this real of a situation. It's you know true, it's
0: true though, but it's necessary. Like it's really it's important.
3: Necessary. Yeah, man.
0: Yo, family, yeah. I, I really appreciate you joining us, man. This was a hell of a chat. Um we we I, I know right, I learned thank a whole y'all. bunch. So thank you,
3: thank you man. Thanks for having me, man. And, and like, like everybody who's listening, go check out that old school moves, and um, do it with your kids, man. I like the the thing is, is is um, what we doing with it? It's another sport. I don't want to spoil it, but this this is bigger than a song. As I got to see like the impact of the song, and 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 people start to make a challenge of it, I wanted to make it a challenge about more than just, a doing a dance. So when y'all see the what we doing, what the challenge is going to be about. It's more so having to do with arts and what's going on and, um, you know, inner city schools with budget cuts and a lot of things with with the arts and the music programs and and, um, it's a lot, bro. Um, You know, I'm just trying to do my part, man, while I'm here as a a public servant to my community and I I don't mean that in a cliche way. I mean, like, I always try to use my voice, even when I had a record deal on Atlantic Records, and they were telling me, "Look, this is what sells." And I'm making songs like "Pain in My Life" and "God I Believe It." This is 15 years. ago. I wasn't doing this shit because it was cool to be woke, like right. like it was trendy. Like man, it was because this is something I felt I had a responsibility to kids who love the music and and, and to to younger children to use my voice as a platform, something that they can, you know, inspire from and take from and grow from, you know. So. That's just always been my stance in hip-hop, period.
1: And anytime you want to come back, man, we got an open door here.
3: I thank y'all, That's man. It. Thank y'all so much, man. God bless y'all. And with that said, my daughters keep looking at me like, why are you on the <laughs> phone for an hour? <laughs> you, know, it's my, you know, you're supposed to be catering to me. So, man, th- thank y'all so much, man. God bless y'all. Keep doing what y'all do. It's an thank amazing you. thing y'all doing, man.
0: Thank you, brother. And, yo, check out our yeah. man yeah. Saigon yeah. On, on Instagram. Yeah. It's Saigon underscore NYC. Where else can they reach yes, you,
3: sir? EFN, EFN, Oh, you know, on, on Twitter, the real Saigon, or Instagram, Facebook, uh, everything Saigon. I mean, most the city gonna pop up first, but then if you if you look one stage down, I think I'm the second most famous Saigon after the city. All right, perfect. So um, I'll be on page two. You know, if anything Saigon. You know, All right, brother. You know what I mean. These EFN I'm gonna go check out that doc too, man, that on um on, on, on the Saigon joint. Speaking of which, man, Definitely. that's what I really like to check out. I'm
0: I'm am going to hit you on uh Instagram with the with the information so you can go check it out directly. He he just went to go Clean. put his daughter down for a nap, so he he apologizes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> nah, it's all great, man. That that's what we're here for, right?
0: For sure. All right, family. All right, thank you, bro. Man.
3: God bless y'all, man. God Peace. bless. Peace.